Thank you, Lord, for the ability to come and worship you. And we, I love this song, may and give you peace. Shalom. Shalom is more than peace. Shalom is being put together, being restored, experiencing healing, restoration, protection, peace. But it is way more than just no war. It's being a sense of being blessed. And that's why we, we, we thank the Lord you know, we thank the Lord because even though we do not, a lot of times, I do not understand, you know, his ways. I mean, Isaiah 55 says, my ways are way above your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And we, we can try to understand God. You know, one time my friend, Rabbi, gave me a list of the names of God. And we, we try to even, you know, understand God by his names. But, you know, when he taught to Moses, Moses said, when they ask me who sent me, why, what am I going to tell them? He said, I am what I am. I will be what I will be. You're not going to put me in a box. You're not going to be able to use your theology to control me. And we, 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 I, I have a hard time with that, right? Because God, here, yeah, this is how I, I revealed myself then. But that doesn't mean that that's what I'm going to be tomorrow. So that's why he said, you're not going to create an idol or a form. You will have no, nothing. Because I am unlimited. And I'm going to choose to review myself the way that I choose to review myself. And you're going to always be, have to be ready to worship me. And receive me in a different way. You know, I, I, I love this story because it, it's, it's so real to me. And I, I know I, I repeat a lot of these stories that are real to me. You know, but remember in the wilderness, when they complained about Moses, complained about something, and then God sent serpents to punish them. You know, then to stop the plague, Moses built a bronze serpent. And put it in a pole, and then they had to look up to that bronze serpent, and they would be healed of the poison of the serpent. Years later, many years later, the Israelites were worshiping that bronze serpent. Because we, we, we have a tendency to take 
a way that God chose to reveal himself in the past and build an idol. And then the king of Israel, or somebody I don't remember now, he had to de destroy that bronze serpent. Because the way that God revealed himself and he used to bless the people in the past became an idol. So to me, I am, I am, you know, I, like I said, you know, in our website, worship is one of the big rocks. And I'm taking this class on worship now, and it's really helping me to continue to learn and to understand what worship is and what worship is not. And I want to share some of the, the, the things that I've been learning, and I hope it helps us all as we, we, we are getting ready to worship and relate God, not in a way that we are in control. Does it make sense? Theology is always like trying to control God and what God can and cannot do. And I never thought I would become a theologian. But I, I, it's good because I'm going like, wow, there's no control here. There's no way for you to put God in a box. I was watching this show on TV this week, and it was interesting. They were filming, talking about colors in nature. And the, 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 they were showing this yellow fish, all looking the same, right? To our eyes, they're all the same. But then with a, a, a ultraviolet lens, a filter, it reveals different difference in the color, color and markings on their sides. And they're all different species. But for our eyes, they're all the same. Because our eyes do not see everything. Our ears cannot hear some sounds that some animals can. So I want to just say, Lord, I am limited. I'm limited in my awareness of who you are. My eyes cannot see, my ears cannot hear. I cannot taste everything. So I think that we, to worship, we have to start in a place of humility. Like Job, I used to hear about you, now I see you. We just finished reading the Psalms, and I think it was such a blessing, right? Yes. To get to know David and all the other psalmists, and their, the way that they relate to God in the good days and the bad days. And I, I think a lot of times we, we have a good time relating to God in the good days. But sometimes it's hard to worship when things get rough. We read 139 this last Thursday. And I, I, I said, this is one of my favorites. My frame, verse 15, was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance 
And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me. When as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Lord, we cannot, I, I want to just give up. Give up trying to understand you with this mind of mine. That's why it says, be not conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I, I, I'm looking, Lord, to be able to worship you. My mind needs to be renewed. You know, it's like you have to reinstall the hard disk. Clean it up. Get rid of all the memories. And say, Lord, I, I, you know, like we read so many times, sing to the Lord a new song. Why a new song? Because he's revealing himself in a different way. So the old, so old songs don't mean anything anymore. You need to find new ways to worship him because he's like, his mercies are renewed every morning. So Lord, we want to worship you. Like Bill was saying, you know, we want, we want to be a church of worshipers. We want to be the ones that you're looking for. He's looking for worshipers. And I'm not even getting to my notes here this morning. I want to read some verses and then I read, I'm going to read some quotes from this, all these books that I'm reading this time, this class. This is Matthew 11, and I, I hope this will make, us make sense here. Okay. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. So right here we can stop and worship. Because we have been chosen to have the Father be revealed to us. You know, so many people are maybe still blind to lost to their relationship with God, but we are not. So we can just stop here and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving us the grace of getting to know you and having you revealed to us. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." What is the point of this here? He carried, he carried already your burdens. Like the example of the worship and the little girl playing the piano. Don't 
don't worry, he's going to fill in for you. Don't be carrying all these weights that you have to do it. You're going to have to worship and you're going to have to be, you know, the, the right prayers and the right. This is one thing that the Lord is being blessing me, like Tom said about the Hesed. It's like so much easier to walk with you now. So much easier because I am not carrying my, my burden anymore. My heavy burden of having to be just right. And then look at the, this is Matthew 11, 27 to 30. And then in Matthew 23, verse 4, is the opposite of it. And Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. And he says, they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on man's shoulder. That's what religion does, right? You have to work harder. And you, sometimes you go to church and you go home like, oh my God, I will never make it. The pastor is right. I'm worthless. <laughs> You know, and there is no condemnation in Christ, but I go to church and I get condemned. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody ever feel that? You know, and that, uh, that's what I'm going like, Lord, in you there's freedom. There's no burden. There's no performance. Why? Because Ephesians 2 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. I don't know if you feel it, but I, I'm feeling like there's a freedom. There's a freedom not to perform, but just to get to know you. With the, you know, with the simplicity and humility that, you know, yeah, great. You know, like, the Lord is my rock, the Lord is my shield. But he's not a rock, he's not a shield. But that's the way that our minds, our limited minds, try to describe him. But we know that we will never be able to describe him. So we're just going to have all eternity to get to know him. Get to know his love and his hesed. So, worship is not something that we do to get God to do something for us. Worship is our response to him because of what he has already done. In Isaiah 1, verse 11 says, What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings, of rams. Right? I mean, if God is the God of the universe, think about it. If he has angels and archangels, what is my worship to him? What is 30 minutes of singing to him a week? 
If he has stars and galaxies, billions of them, what is it? So he's saying here to Israel, saying, well, I'm done with your sacrifices. I'm done with what you can do. I don't need what you can do. But you need what I can do for you. And, and, I, take, and I take pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats. When you have come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity in a solemn assembly. God was like, I'm done. I'm done with your religious efforts. Because why? This, this is what I, I'm, I'm celebrating. It's the freedom of performing. And, and the freedom to just come and get to know him. Look at the opposite. I'm contrasting here, right? The opposite is Isaiah 55. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Buy wine and milk without money and without cause. Why do you spend your money, your efforts, your sacrifices, your heavy burdens, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what's good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear to come and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. I am so glad I am. Sometimes I, I, I want to quit my classes. But I'm glad that I'm taking them. Because it's, it's taking me to different ways of getting to know the Lord. You know, like Daddy keeps saying, the Bible is not a book to be read, it's a, a book to be studied. You know, and, and as you study it, you know, you, you do not find mental knowledge, but you find God, the way that God reveals himself. So, I'm going to read a little, some quotes here, okay? I know I, I've been a little maniac with the book of Hebrews, but there is a reason. The book of Hebrews has so many important lessons for the church today, just as it was important for the first century believers. I think that the church is today at a similar position as the first century church. It is so easy to try to rely on ourselves and our own abilities to try to finish in the flesh what God has already done in the spirit. That was the, the challenge that Paul was facing with the Gentile churches. 
in all his letters, he's saying, be careful, Galatians, foolish Galatians. You know, are you going to try to finish in the flesh what God has done in the spirit? You know, because they're like, oh, some people are like, you have to get circumcised and have to do this, you have to behave like this. You know, it's like, and sometimes we, we can come to church and go like, you have to do this and you have to do that. If you don't do this, you're never going to make it. And then it all, putting all these heavy burdens on you. Are you done with that? I am done. So this is from a book called Worship, Community, and the Triune God of Grace. It seems to me that in pastoral situation, in a pastoral situation, our first task is not to throw back people back on themselves. With exhortations and instructions as to what to do and how to do it but to direct people to the gospel of grace, to Jesus Christ, that they might look to him to lead them, open their hearts in faith and in prayer, and draw them by the Spirit into his eternal life of communion with the Father. I'm, I'm, I love this. Why this is so important? Because a lot of times, People get confused with worship as something that is still depending on them to do and to accomplish. As if to activate and make perfect what Christ has done on the cross. Does it make sense? It's like, well, God died, Jesus died on the cross. You know, he gave his life, like Hebrews, right? He's a perfect sacrifice. Da, 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 da. But if I mess up, I lost everything. Oh my God. I couldn't go to church, you know, and then you feel condemned. Again, this goes back to the warning that Paul gave to the Galatians. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So this is from another book, oh no, the same book. No, a different book. Worshiping Trinity. Thus, worship is not, first and foremost, something that we do. Our worship is no more and no less than a participation in the Messiah's own perfect worship of God. It's like the girl playing the piano. Jesus is worshiping the Father. And we just join in with him. Our worship is joined to his and is made accept acceptable. We share in his own relationship of open communion with the Father. And thus, it is that we even share in Jesus' own sonship and our are ourselves adopted as children of God. We are accepted by the Father in Christ, the beloved. And in Christ, we are holy and blameless in his sight. Now it makes sense that his burden is light. Because it's not so much as what we can do, 
but we, we join in in what he has already done. This is from another book called uh, The Mediation of Christ. The gospel is preached in an unevangelical un un way as happens so often in modern evangelism when the preacher announces this is what Jesus Christ has done for you but you will not be saved unless you make your own personal decision for Christ as your Savior. To preach the gospel in that conditional or legalist way has the effect of telling poor sinners that in the last resort, the responsibility for their salvation is taken off the shoulders of the Lamb of God and placed on them. But in that case, they feel that they will never be saved. They know perfectly well in their own hearts that if the chain that binds them to God in Jesus Christ has and even one of its links, their own feeble act of decision, then the whole chain is as weak as the weakest link. So if my salvation depends on me and what I can do and what my performance, then get, just forget it. He is either the perfect sacrifice or not. And that's the chesed. That's the loving kindness. That's the shalom. You know, that it's not depending as much as what we can do. We will do. We will worship. We will pray. We will serve. We will, you know, fellowship. We will relate to others. But not to attain something but because he has already attained something for us. And to me, this is, I wanna, I wanna thank the Lord for this. Well, this last one here. This is also from Worshiping Trinity. Worship is not an attempt to impress God or to massage God's ego so we can get our way or to earn credit and get into God's good books. Worship is first and last a response to God's unconditional love for us and grace toward us. God's love does not follow on from our worship like a reward follows a good deed. On the contrary, his love precedes our worship. God is not gracious to us because we honor him. We honor him because he's gracious to us. Worship is the joyful response of God's people to the salvation freely given in the Messiah. It is something we do, but something we do in response to love and not something we do to gain love. I hope this helps us as we continue learning and studying worship. Lord, I don't want to confuse you with a, a, 
a pagan god that we have to sacrifice and, and, and do something so you will send rain. <laughs> that you are not going to, you know, bring a storm. We will worship you because even in the middle of the storm, you are there with us. And you're loving us. And you have been faithful to us. So, Lord, we, we ask the Holy Spirit to keep our hearts broken and humble, not trying to put you in a little box and trying to control you and getting, okay, how is God going to do this? I don't know how God is going to do this. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, just like we didn't know what was ahead of us two years ago. You know, we, we, we do not know what's ahead of us two years from now, but we, we, I want to surrender. I want to lay my crowns at his feet and surrender and say, Lord, I want to worship you. Amen. I, I, I'm so thankful for the ability to come and worship. You know, and a lot of times there's, you can almost worship in silence, like waiting on the Lord. But just saying, Lord, I don't, I don't have words to worship you. I don't have the right words to even thank you or, or the right words to ask you anything. But I, I, even when I do not understand anything, I understand that my spirit is in communication with your spirit. You know, Romans 8 says that. You know, he's, we have this witness that we're sons of God. And that doesn't bring any, a lot of times it's not enough. <laughs> even to have that witness. But we have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this, this worship is, a, is a, a response from our hearts from what we know and feel that he has done for us and what we feel and know that he's doing to and for us in, in real time also. But that's but it's just a, a love response. Yes. Yeah? It's so simple. Yeah. Without any traffic. Yeah, and I love what you said earlier. You know, because, you know, it's like a, a father. You know, it doesn't matter what your kid does. The scribbles, the drawings, or even trying to learn an instrument, it all sounds beautiful and looks beautiful. You know, so, and even though when we say that he's our father, this is still limited because we can still have a, a limited or bad connotation for a father depending on our experiences here. But he is even above what a father is. <laughs> you know, and, and but that means he, he knows our limitations. He, like Psalms 139, he knew even before you were born what your limitations would be, and he was still saying, I love you. I love you the way you are. So, like we, we talked about, you know, these last couple of weeks, communion is not like 
I hope I get it right this time. We don't repeat it because it didn't work last time. We, we come and take communion because we are reminding ourselves that what was necessary to be done has been done already. It's not depending on me doing something. It's just depending on me on trusting on this provision and learning to live by it. You know, so Lord, I want to I wanna repent. I want to repent of my idols. Of my false images that I, I allowed my mind to create of you. My wrong expectations of how you're going to do things and how you're going to treat me and if I deserve or I don't deserve. You know, all of that creates idols and creates room for disillusionment. Because when he comes and reveals himself in a different way, I'm not ready. So I just want to be ready to worship a God that I do not know perfectly, but I know that he, he is there for us.